Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Well, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, happy Halloween to you, man. Man, that is all the ghosts and goblins will be out tonight. Uh, and I can tell you this, if they're in our part of the country, they may better dress a little warmer than some of the outfits I saw Saturday. So, uh, Man, I tell you what, we I guess we've probably had a good stretch of about 10, 10 shows that we were complaining or basically just stating how dadgum hot it was. And we are in the direct opposite of that today. It is, we've got that, that really first good cold snap then it's done hit us yeah the uh we were looking this morning i was checking grass on cows and everything and kept waiting to see a frost but it didn't quite get that cool last night but you know they're talking about in the morning we may actually get a little bit so hopefully this new growth on all my ryegrass won't mean it'll uh burn it too bad and lay it over any one of the reasons i hadn't top dressed it yet yep but Heck, it, uh, we'll Heck. be looking here, we'll be looking into duck season here in, in another few weeks, and, man, it's been, I'm going to say it's been a couple, couple or a few years since we've seen some, some 30 degree weather, uh, Halloween or right before Halloween. Well, I can tell you this, I was following a, a comment that a friend of mine up in Kansas made this morning, and her and her husband have a hunting lodge up there, and. She was talking about it was supposed to be 17 degrees with snow flurries sometime throughout the day or the night. You know, I I hated it for her, but I was also sitting there thinking the whole time that, ooh, it's going to push duck south. So, uh, <laughs> and a matter of fact, I messaged her real quick and said, hey, look, you know, send all, all the ducks that are up there eating your eating your crop for deer and turkeys. Go ahead and go ahead and send those south, and we'll we'll see if we can't help you out with that. Well, I also saw, I saw this morning, speaking of, you know, posts and stuff you've seen on Facebook, I saw this morning where our buddy uh, Rocky LaFleur, he, he had like some sleet and snow flurries up in Oxford this morning. I, and he was even commenting on talking about the cold snaps that are the lack thereof around Halloween. And who knows, this may be a, this may be a year for the books, can't ever tell. If you look at the Farmer's Almanac, which I'm a, believer in i've always kept up with it and you know are you a firm believer in it i know people you know they're oh you can't go by that and sometimes i've tried to i've looked at it but i always look at it as a farmer you know growing up my pops my great great uncle that we call pops pops was a diehard believer in it but back then that was you know i mean when he was growing up he was 80 when i was in high school so i mean his time was a little before mine and he he was a firm believer in it, and I I check it, and you know when I'm trying to look at how much hay I want to put up for cattle, uh, I look, yeah. and if it tells us it's going to be a light winter, like last year it said it was going to be a light winter, and it was, you know this year it's calling for a lot harsher winter, saying that, you know at least I, I believe it had on there the other day it was seven, seven sure enough Arctic blast or or fronts this winter, so. I'm kind of hoping it's right for the duck hunting part. Now, for my cattle grazing part, you know, the light winter last year was really nice. I didn't have to Yeah. cattle come out real fat, and hay, the hay bill stayed lower. So, well, What did it say on precipitation? Do you recall? I don't remember looking. Oh, I'll have yeah. to go back and look. But, 
you know, we, I got you. we went through a spell there this summer where it was so, so wet that you couldn't hardly get anything done. Then we hit a dry stretch where burn ban went on and now we're back to, <laughs> now we're back to soggy. You know, in South Mississippi, you, you can, if you don't like the weather, give it a few minutes, it'll probably change. So, oh yeah, you, you can go from wearing a sweatshirt in the morning to sweating in the evening. So, yep, it doesn't really matter, yep. but. You know, before we get on to our guest real quick, you know, this past weekend we were over in Meadville at that Homochetta River Fest, and I don't know about you, but they put on a pretty good program. Man, that was nice. That was my first time um, going to it. And that's what my wife said that, you know, she's like, do they have this every year? I was like, I guess. I don't know. But she was really impressed by it. She she liked going around to the different vendors, and it was a lot of, you know, um, small business type uh, vendors there that, that we enjoyed going around and seeing and some awesome music. You know, our buddy Big Jeff was up there and mm-hmm. and uh, I think Annabelle from over around Natchez, uh, Hannibal, I'm sorry, Annabelle over around Natchez, she was performing and then who was it that night? It was Marty Stewart. Marty Stewart and uh Ronnie McDowell, right? Ronnie McDowell. Yeah, man, that was a that was an awesome event. We got a we got another little event coming up this uh this weekend, which I know the show's gonna air after we go to it, but you know, over there at that West Macomb Baptist Church, they're having that uh, that outdoor youth expo, whatever it is. I can't remember the exact name, but then the then the cook-off. That's correct. And we will probably, you know, uh, we, we've been getting hit up here more lately. Even got hit up last night at K106 when we were at the radio station to, you know, why we don't do more live feeds. So we will probably do a live feed from there for a few minutes and just kind of show what all's going on. Well, I'm thinking about what dish I'm going to bring. Our good buddy Judd Honey, he kind of hit us up about going to this thing. He's actually talking about maybe breaking out a dessert and a main dish. And, man, he's he's, he's bringing the heat with that. I, I told him I'm going to try to come up with something. but And he's bringing out two dishes. I didn't even know he had it in him. Well, apparently your request has been different from my request. My request was to bring all the stuff and let's talk about the podcast. Uh I have not had a request to cook. <laughs> so Judd, Judd may think that I would stop by Burger King on the way over there and bring <laughs> bring something. But, uh, yeah, I, I haven't had a request for any type of dish. So, Well, it wasn't so much a request. I think it was more of a challenge. He knows about that duck gumbo that you always like to cook at the camp. So he may yeah, be I'm thinking not, he's, he's going to get I'm another serving. I'm not going to bring that into public. I'm going to reserve that for the You're going to keep that for the, the private? For the sharp. For the Shaw Bros guys, yeah. <laughs> I know this. The first year I was in that camp, I ate so much darn duck gumbo. I did not want – I was ready to go to Chuck's and eat a hamburger. It wasn't even funny. Well, you know, you uh, – And not knocking it, but the – I vo- mean, it's the, fi- it's the finer things in life really what matters. And The volume – I, be- I bet you've missed it. Oh, yeah. There, there's times where I've thought back and go, man, I'd like a good bowl of gumbo. And the gumbo was fine. It was just that we ate it every meal <laughs> for weekends upon weekends. It was like, man, there's they got to be something else we can cook here. Uh, some toast, something. Uh, a honey bun. I don't care. Uh, we got to have something different. Oh, man. Well, getting on to our guest that we have today, we've... Uh, I actually talked to one of my buddies I work with. He's involved in this organization, and and he wasn't able to make it make it to the show. So he uh, he said he was going to refer us to to the president of the organization. So 
without further ado, we'll go ahead and introduce our guest this evening. We have Mr. Michael Berry with HFMC Hunters for Mississippi Children. Michael, how are you, man? I'm doing good, fellas. How are y'all? Oh, man, we're good. doing great. Good deal, good deal. I heard y'all mention that cold weather that to get these deer on their feet. Man, I'm excited about it. Well, the only thing I'm not really all that excited about, Michael, uh, my kids don't really like for me to bow hunt this time of year. Uh, I'm allowed to shoot hogs. I'm not allowed to shoot deer here at the house because kid season is next weekend. So yeah. I, the cool snap may have come just a little early. Hopefully it'll hang out next weekend and let it let the deer move around so the kids can get a shot at something. We got a couple hunters coming into camp this weekend. So I actually just got done freshening up some feeders and getting some blinds put in place. We're kind of running from the water. Um, of course, all that rain's got the the river water backed up on us, but uh, hopefully with this cold front, we'll be able to be able to get on something. Yeah, speaking of that, we got a we got a hunting camp up there and uh, around Holly Bluff, and we uh, I actually stayed up there. I guess it was uh, night before that. It was uh, Tuesday night. I stayed up there. And uh, I, I noticed that that some you know they they battled with so much of the of the backwater this past spring, summer you know all that and I noticed that some of the rivers were rising. I, I I'm always catch myself looking at, at still by you you know landside gauge. I see it coming up and sure it's got a lot of people on edge right now up that way. Absolutely, but, I would agree. And we've got some we've got some farms that way that uh, we hunt on a yearly basis, whether it's whitetails or or hogs and. Um, yeah. Last year, we of course didn't get that opportunity, so we're hoping hoping those gauges uh, start dropping and that water will move on out of there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Michael, uh, kind of tell us, inform us, and and our guests, uh, I mean our our audience here of of what HFMC is, what it's about, how it got started, and and fill us in on that. So in 2017, we actually had some big farmers and landowners reach out to uh, a group of us guys that had, had mentioned this in the past and thought about uh, bringing a nonprofit to the table and, and doing something a little bit different. And I think we have established something different, and HFMC is different um, by the fact that uh, there are a lot of organizations within the state of Mississippi um, as well as surrounding states that take children um, and youth, um, male and female, hunting um, one weekend, one year, uh, one time a year. So what we wanted to do was basically establish a program to build lifetime sportsmen, um, like these other programs are doing, but be able to take these kids multiple times a year, whether that's uh, hunting deer, squirrel, rabbit, ducks, um, turkey. We basically have an open-door policy. Um, most of the kids and families have our phone numbers. We have multiple people um, involved with the organization. We try to cover the majority of the state. Um, we've done hunts as far north as uh, Marks, Mississippi, as far south as Liberty, Mississippi, um, Vicksburg, um, out toward Carthage in that area. So we have a lot of landowners and farmers um, that are involved. But again, the biggest the biggest portion, I think, that what is different about hunters for Mississippi children and what we're striving to do, again, is to, to build those sportsmen, to increase our license sales and and get these kids to that point where they're 16 and they can take their hunter's education course um, and establish their their own means of of hunting, whether that's public ground um, or other means. Um, we work with them to kind of transition them forward uh, to, to build those those lifetime sportsmen. So 
um, it's, it's more of a, we call it the HFMC family. So a lot of times when we touch one of these kids' lives, we, we normally continue to touch their lives until they're ready to transition out on their own. A big piece of what we do is basically the focus um, and, and the kids that we focus on. So when we started this in 2017, our, our mission was established around building and memory. Um, that's what we want to do. We want to build a memory. Well, we did our 2017 hunts, 2018 hunts, to where we realized, hey, these kids want to come back. They want, they want to do more. They want to get out and trap. They just want to experience the deer camp setting. Um, they want to get out and help do the work days and plant food plots and, and learn the whole nine yards. So um, at that point, we realized, hey, the kids actually um, have taught us something. They've actually taught us that it's not a memory, it's memory. So going into the 2018-2019 season, we were focused on let's make memories last a lifetime. So at that point, we had actually the 2017-2018 season, I think we had 14 hunters. That was year one um, for our organization. I think we had 14 kids kill their first year and with multiple other hunters that actually tagged along that year um, to kill their second, third, fourth, fifth year. Um, 2018-19, when we're making memories last a lifetime, I think we had 16 youngsters um, kill their first year. So that was a, a you know a growth point for us. Um, we realized we're growing our family, getting more kids involved. Um, I think at the end of the day, we had 20-something kids um, tag along, um, whether it's for turkey hunting or or deer hunting. Now um, here we are, we're transitioning into this 2019-2020 season. And we've realized there's so much more opportunity um, for, for us to touch kids and involve some of these kids' lives. So when we look back and focus on our mission and vision and what we're trying to do and we transition to making memories last last a lifetime, we've, all, we've also involved the statement that there's no kid left behind, which is a huge focus for us. So with no kid left behind, we focus on kids that do not have the financial means. Um, there may be a single-parent family. There may be a family that has the financial means that, you know, the family's together and they just don't have the opportunity. There's no hunter uh, under that roof, and these kids want to get out and hunt. Maybe a disabled child. Um, so with no kid left behind, we added to that because if there's any child in the state of Mississippi that wants to get out and hunt or trout or fish or whatever, um, we're open to the idea of actually taking these kids and getting them out into the experience the outdoors. Yeah, I actually saw it was a post uh, that my buddy that I work with, B. Ledbetter, he had posted. I think it was back during the summer. Y'all took some kids, uh, you know, on the river. I guess was it hand grabbing or, or running lines or uh, catfish. I saw that. Yeah, we actually um, we have a big uh, fishing rodeo, if you will. We take the kids down to the river and we get there Friday night and we camp and um, like you guys were talking about, we cook a good meal. Um, normally, we have some of the the moms come in and cook a good meal and. Um, we do a little fishing um, from the bank. We run some lines. We do a little swimming, do a little mud riding, uh, checking some trail cameras. Uh, sometimes we do a little trapping, uh, you know, with explanation as to, to um, while we're trapping. Um, you know, we're, one of our, our biggest points of opportunity in, in the swamp area right now is uh, trying to preserve our turkey population. We have a lot of coons and a lot of rodents that are taking mm-hmm. care of the turkey eggs. So, Kids had a lot of fun with that this year, for sure. Well, Mike, oh, I bet. we've talked about it on here before. Uh, you know, a lot of times 
Jeremy's kids, my kids, other kids that we know, when you take them to the camp, they're excited to get to go hunting, but they're more excited about going to the camp than they are anything else. They want to go hang out with the guys. They want to go hear all the junk. They want to, you know, be able to stay out a little later. They want to be around the bonfire. They want to go, like you say, they want to go check feeders. They want to go check plots. They want to, you know, ride on a tractor while you're disking. They... People kind of get hung up sometimes on the hunting industry and say, oh, well, it's just about, you know, the harvest. No, it's not about the harvest. It's about everything that goes in it. That's what actually creates, you know, to me, more of a lasting impression on a child is, is getting to go to the camp and go have a good time at the camp. I would agree. There's a, there's a lot of bonding moments between um, all of the kids. And, of course, you guys can imagine, the audience can imagine that um, there are uh, stories out there that, and make us to be able to have the opportunity to, to give this back to the kids and work with these kids. Some of these kids, um, you know, it's their first time in the in the outdoors and to experience that deer camp atmosphere. So, first time playing uh, deer camp hide and go seek can can mean a lot to a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the first time you said mud riding, I, I don't know of any kids oh. or many adults that don't like to go mud riding. I mean, I want to. That's right. I personally like to go mud riding in your vehicle, not mine. But uh, you know, I still want to go. <laughs> we have yep. plenty of mud, plenty of mud in the swamp. So y'all come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, how did how did it get started? You know, was it just a couple of you had a had a kid or two in mind, or or how did how did actually you know I guess the the beginning steps of the of the organization. So the beginning steps actually took place. Um, Randy Taylor um, actually had a, uh, a large landowner on the Mississippi River that had reached out to him um, and asked him if he, he knew of an organization that basically provided a, a service um, to be able to take kids throughout the year. So at that point, it was kind of actually handed over to me to do a little research. Um, and I was actually trying to find an organization that could actually get a kid out there um, for this landowner um, to take hunting. Um, so at that point, I realized that there weren't that many um, organizations that, that took, not there weren't any organizations that took kids multiple times a year that could actually, you know, protect the landowners as well um, through insurance and things like that, which we had to add on to the backside of our nonprofit. Um, so we basically established, I actually sat my, my kids down, um, my five-year-old at the time, and um, had a discussion with him in regards to, his thought processes on getting kids out for them to experience what he had had the opportunity to experience at this point in his hunting career. And he said it was a go. He was all about it. So from that day forward, uh, somewhere around the 1st of September in 2017, um, we kind of built our plane and, and took off with it. That's, That's cool. awesome. That's pretty cool. The uh, Now, how hard was it for y'all to get everything set up? So, of course, with the 501c3 um, was a big piece to what we had to, to, to work with um, just to be able to get financial support and to, to do raffles. Um, we actually have a big raffle going on right now uh, supporting a, a kid that has a um, battle with cancer. But for us to, to legally do some of these things, um, of course, we had to establish uh, a CPA and, and some support, legal support in, in that regard. Um, but it really wasn't. I mean, working close uh, with the Mississippi Department of Wildlife um, here in the state of Mississippi has been has been great with us. Um, and I think that uh, they have a, actually they're actually rolling out a mentor program as well um, for kids that are 18 years and older. Um, if I'm not 
um, misspeaking there. So basically we're working with them to hopefully transition some of our kids um, into to their program as well if our kids aren't ready to, to transition out on their own. But uh, as far as the, the, the process is, um, it wasn't much to it. Um, with, a, with a team that we, we established quickly, um, we all have our, our little specialty niches, if you will, to be able to get something accomplished, and uh, I think we got it accomplished flawlessly. Well, it sounded like y'all had you, you had a lot of good people in place. You had landowners in place. You had hunters that were willing to take children and go. So it sounded like you had a lot of the you had a lot of legwork. You know, usually the challenge of it is finding people who are actually willing to do and and will do what they say they're going to do. So you already had that ready to rock and roll. It's been um, the landowners and the the financial support that we've received um, from just our, our general audience. And our audience is, is generalized from Facebook. Um, we, we normally post our hunting videos and things like that on our Hunters for Mississippi Children Facebook page. Um, but without those guys, um, specifically our landowners um, and our, our, our donations that we receive to support these kids, it would virtually be impossible. So shout out to, to all those people for sure. Look, without, no doubt. Without the help, it's oftentimes hard to get anything going, but it sounds to me like you've got everything going in the right direction. Now, how does a child, how, how do y'all get, how would a child get up with y'all if they wanted to, to become involved? How would, how would volunteers get up with you if they want to become involved? So at this point, um, most of our, our families um, that have, have been out and about with us prior um, definitely have my, my personal contact information or one of the other directors' uh, personal contact information, which I'd be happy to, to state here. Um, but our, our Facebook page, so I'll get messages um, daily, weekly um, from families across the state um, that have youngins, you know, um, small families, large families that just want to get the kids out and about. So I basically coordinate um, through our Facebook page, which is Hunters for Mississippi Children, um, and, and usually connect that route to, to establish a relationship with these families and, and get them out. And that's one of the things I get a question about a lot of times is um, <laughs> our Facebook page shows that there's a lot of kids. So the, the Back to the Fishing Radio, we had 21 kids, um, and we basically had our specific directors there. A lot of times our, our Facebook page will portray that we don't have the parents involved. But that's definitely not our goal. If, if there's an opportunity to where a parent wants to actually get involved with the hunt and tag along, we actually hope for that. So um, that's, that's a, a key to the future of our success, too, is getting the parents involved because it makes that transition for that kid uh, much easier in the future. Well, you get more buy-in on multiple levels. You get the kid bought in, the parent bought in, then all of a sudden you've got a, you've got an outdoors family, not just an outdoors person. So, yeah, and I could see that kind of branching out too. You know, you get you get one family involved with it. You know, of course they're gonna they're gonna spread the word to somebody else, and you know, I could just I could you know just in my mind thinking about it right here, I could see it growing, you know, pretty pretty rapidly, pretty easily, I guess. Yeah, and our hope is to continue um, to grow and expand um, across the, the state um, and hope to get more and more people involved. Um, directors and, and help uh, is always welcome. Um, I, I was just, I think I mentioned earlier, I was just got home to wash the mud off of me because um, I was out checking, checking cameras and, and checking on feeders and setting up new blinds and getting things adjusted. But 
Um, it's, it's a lot of work involved on the front end, and we're getting to that point to where we have a lot of families and, and kids involved, and um, we'd like to, to expand our, our wings a little bit further and touch these boundaries of the state and get more people involved for sure. Now, Mike, you well, said I, earlier that uh, y'all are y'all have or you have areas that y'all hunted in North Mississippi and over on the Mississippi River and down South Mississippi. So y'all are y'all are trying to expand all over the entire state, correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. So, any any landowners, anybody listening to this, if you if you've got an area that you think would be, you know, usable, let them know. I actually heard, I think I heard Liberty, Mississippi in there as well, right? Yep, you did. Um, and that's one of those things. So when you, when you get a, a kid that's, you know, a couple hours away from the central part of the state, um, it would be great. It would be awesome for us to be able to have a, a farm closer to their home, and specifically if the parents aren't going to tag along, um, just to be able to keep the kids closer to the home. Um, sometimes kids aren't allowed to go when we're, you know, taking a kid from South Mississippi to uh, tunica um you know there's just a, a gap there that some parents may not be comfortable with so if we can get some some farms and, and local locations to where kids want to go um that would be very beneficial for the program well you got me curious on who you hunted with down in liberty mississippi well i actually got um i, I had a, a kid from liberty mississippi that came back north with me okay yes sir well, we we do a lot of stuff with kids, Jeremy and I do, and you know we're we're avid avid believers in getting kids outdoors and get them involved in something. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I have said over the years that you know if we can get them outside and off of an iPhone or a Nintendo, then we've accomplished something. So uh, it, it's wonderful to hear that y'all are doing the same thing and doing it in a, on a next level. Because y'all aren't just doing it one time. You're, you're taking them on multiple things and, and keep building a relationship that will hopefully last a lifetime. Yes, sir. And one of our, our hopes moving forward is to, and we're actually doing one um, this coming year. So we're taking applications. It's kind of a special hunt, but we're taking applications. Um, it's a simple process. So basically get on our, our, uh, our Hunters Mississippi Children Facebook page, and the post on there is talking about a, a Kansas turkey hunt. So this is one of the things we're going to be doing in the future is taking a few applications and reviewing the applications on on what it means to those particular kids in regards to their current situation um, with, with hunting and, and what it's going to mean to them in their, their future endeavors. And we're going to actually take these kids out of state and um, make a special memory, if you will, on something that they may never get the opportunity to do. Well, you said earlier that y'all had you had 16 kids that were successful on deer hunts last year. Can you kind of tell us any of the stories? I mean, uh, you know, I know folks can go on Facebook and see it, but anything that just stood out to you, a special memory well, honestly, that was made? With those particular kids, and we've got a couple. We've got one of our hunts that was actually posted um, in the Bowhunting Association magazine, which was a special, very special hunt. Um to us as a group, but um, all of the hunts, um, fortunately enough, last year I got to tag tag on um, a lot of the hunts, whether I was videoing on the front row seat, um, coaching coaching a kid, but um, they're also sp- special, um, especially with those particular 16 that killed their, their um, first year. You know, that, that first year and those smiles and the, and the celebration is uh, what it's all about, on top of the, the nerves, so... <laughs> you know, all all of those hunts are, are special and, and so much fun. And that's another thing that I'd like to mention is 
um, doing this um, is is so much fun. So it's not just fun for the kids. I mean, it's, if y'all you guys can imagine, I mean, it's, it's fun for us to be able to put a kid uh, on an animal, whether it's a deer or a turkey or a fish or whatever. And they catch their biggest, or they kill their biggest, or they kill their first. Um, just all the excitement and high fives and celebration. Oh, look! The look on their face the first time that rod bends is uh is always a you know, and then what do I do? Look, and then they they want to back up or they want to let go of the pole or we've talked about on here a good bit. The I'm getting to the point where I no longer am the trigger man anymore. I, I am the guide, the cameraman, the uh, the cleanup man at the end. So it's a uh, yeah, I, I would rather watch a kid be successful than myself be successful any day of the week. It's it's just more, it's more enjoyment in it to me. I guess over time you you you've been there, you've done that, and now you're trying to pass that forward. And you know, it's kind of like coaching sports. I I no longer can play sports at the level that I thought I could at one time, but I can try to help some young man or some young lady maybe get there themselves. Yeah, and I actually got to you know you're talking about that. You know that excitement, that that fun. You know, and I we we talked about it on a, on a couple of few podcasts ago. Whenever I took my son up to Kentucky um, a few weeks ago to to harvest his first deer, and uh, man, that's just. I mean, you know, I I had a, a an envision in my mind of what it was going to be like. You know, if it happened, which you know, hunting is not a guarantee, but you know, had a had a good feeling it was going to happen, and it did. And and that, that feeling itself, not only just the moment, but just the feeling that you had whenever that happens, it's something you're not going to forget. And, you know, and y'all are getting to experience it, you know, multiple times with kids that, you know, maybe without y'all, without y'all's organization, without your directors, you know, the landowners all coming together, you know, that may not even be possible for some of these kids for, to ever have that moment in their life. I think that's one of the, one of the, um, I guess, key terms that we just, you know, we always call it the the HFMC family because, you know, nothing means more than some of these kids continuously reaching out to us um, on a weekly basis going, hey, when are we going back? When are we going back? When are we going hunting? When are we going fishing? Um, and, you know, it's, you, can just, you can hear the excitement in their voice and it's something that gives them something to look forward to. And, um, reflecting back on what we're trying to do at the end of the day, um, it tells me with what they want to um, that we are building lifetime sports um, through some of these kids. So, I don't think it's, a, it's, it's been an amazing thing. Well, just knowing some of the guys, and I don't know everybody associated with the organization, but knowing some of them, those kids are guaranteed going to have a good time with some of those some, with some of those guys. Yeah, you've got some pretty good characters involved. <laughs> I would have to agree. Well, tell us tell us who who you know some of your your volunteers and directors are. That uh, that that are part part of the organization with y'all. Yeah, so um, we've had some more um, volunteers get involved. Um, there's so many volunteers and so many landowners um, that, that kind of surround HFMC. Um, I think it would be virtually um, impossible for me to remember everybody's name, but our core foundation to get everything kicked off was um, Hunter Cox. Um, he's here in Central Mississippi. Randy Taylor, um, Richard Eldridge, Robbie Potts. John Rett Presley, um, Jad Touchton, um, let's see here. I'm sure I'm leaving leaving somebody out. Matt Matt Duggar um, was also involved. He's our, our duck hunting man. 
uh, Oftenberry, and that's pretty much our our core 10, 10 or 12 that really kicked it off from the get-go. But again, there's been so many layers um, of additional people coming on board and, and helping. If I didn't mention your name, I apologize, but um, the support has been amazing. Well, I have a quick question before we go any further. Jeremy and I both know Duggar real well, or Jeremy knows him better than I do, but we both know him pretty good. And when you have kids out with Matt, will he allow you to shoot anything other than green? We <laughs> <laughs> you get the that joke. Is, you that, know where I'm going with this. Well, the, the answer is no. <laughs> I was afraid that was going to be the answer. <laughs> I, I can assure you, over the he's fussed at us over time. Uh, Several years ago, he and I and Jeremy went on a hunt, and uh, Jeremy, the day you lost your shotgun. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do remember that day quite well. We waded into a spot, and we thought by looking at the map that the, the spot was here. Well, we got there, and it wasn't quite what it looked like on the aerial, and then we, we eased around and tried to find another way into a hole where we could actually hear ducks at in the dark. Wound up, we couldn't find a way in. It got deep where we were trying to go. So we came back around, we got set up in the first spot, which wasn't ideal, but it was going to work. Get to handing out stuff, and it's like, Jeremy, you got your gun? And he's like, uh, no, it's in, the, it's in the little boat. And it's like, no, no, it's nothing left in here. And he's like, yeah, it was in the boat. So we went up uh-huh. having to, what, Jeremy, we spent 30 minutes going back looking for that gun? Probably so. I'd about written that gun off. And we had Matt's little little sneak boat with us just to tote all our, you know, just to float all our gear in. And, and I remember having it in the boat because it got hung on a limb and, and I actually turned the boat around so that, that my gun wouldn't be sticking, my gun barrel wouldn't be sticking forward to be sticking back. And so I knew it was in there. And that's what Matt asked, like, man, did you put it in the boat? I'm like, yeah. And um, so I'd pretty much written that gun off. I'm like, we've walked, it's no telling how, how far in here through knee deep water we backtracked all kind 15 of times and uh matt was like we're gonna find your gun i'm like matt i've got insurance on this gun i'm like i'm not real worried about it i'll get another one next week and he's like no we're gonna find your gun and and my if i remember right my headlight it went out by the time we got to where we were, we were gonna set up at and so matt was like come on we're gonna go find this gun and i'm like matt we're not gonna find this gun so he insisted and um if it wasn't for I had a I had a ch- extended choke in this gun and I'd had it I'd had that gun for a while and I guess taking it in out of a gun case the blue and I kind of worn off of that choke and it was almost silver color and it was laying it was laying on the bottom but propped up on a limb just enough so that Matt's headlight reflected off of that choke tube and he's like he picked it up out of the water I was like man I ought to go buy a lottery ticket right now <laughs> <laughs> or get we should have got Duggar to get it. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I mean, just knowing knowing some of those guys that that you got there. I mean, you know, you you've got some you've got some great guys from the ones I know, and and I've heard, you know, in just conversations with B, with Randy, with Matt, you know, they're they're pretty passionate about this organization. I've heard them, you know, tell me stories through the years of some of the hunts they've been on and some things they've helped out, and you know, nothing nothing but good stuff I've I've heard from those guys about the organization. They have put forth a huge effort to make a lot of good things happen. Um, one of the things, well, a big, a big thing that's happened actually next weekend, we have a couple um, disabled children that are actually coming on a special hunt with us, and they're actually going to be able to kill a couple um, axis deer um, if they act, if they, everything happens and, and the animals act right. 
um, they'll actually be able to kill some axes here. So next weekend should be a big weekend for us as well. Well, that's pretty cool. Where are, y- where are y'all gonna gonna do that at? Hunter Cox actually um, was the director that uh, established that hunt. Um, I'm not actually sure. It's supposed to be a five star lodge. Um, everything's set up, and um, we should be able to post some videos uh, on that next weekend. Now, are they going to allow y'all to take bucks and does, or? I think our focus, our initial focus, is going to be to um, take Axe's buck. And I think after that, um, I think the, the, the landowner um, and the lodge owner has uh, agreed to, to let them shoot some other uh, animals if, if they prefer. So we'll be willing our uh, dragging our um, wheelchair accessible hunting blind up there and getting it all set up and getting some things established to where hopefully we have big success. So they're not able just to go on a hunt. That's that's sometimes a bucket list hunt to be able to do something like that for for avid hunters. Uh, you know, to be able to take an exotic or or something that's not native to this area. Yes, sir. I think that was kind of the the label we're trying to add on um, for for the 2019-2020 season is to be able to take these hunters. Like I mentioned earlier, the Kansas turkey hunt. Um, we hope to get some other deer hunts established here in the near future. To, to check off some of these bucket list opportunities for even the youth. Um, I think that um, some of our kids, being the director's kids and some of our landowner support and stuff like that, their kids have had the opportunity to, to do some of these hunts, and we've seen how much fun um, and value is, is added to, to their, their hunting um, appreciation for hunting and the opportunity to get to do some of those things. So we definitely want to give back as much as we can. You, uh, you touched on this a little, little bit ago. I heard you mention it um, on the filming side of it. So, do y'all do y'all film the hunts? Do y'all y'all publish any of the any of the videos or anything like that? We have. Um, that was one of the things last year that we actually, um, due to donations, we were able to purchase a couple um, decent um, 4K cameras. And we are lacking um, out of our our support team, we're lacking some kind of uh, technical uh, support uh editorial type stuff um but we do have the video cameras we honestly need to learn how to edit some some film so if there's anybody out there willing to teach or help us with that um <laughs> come, come call me call me please <laughs> jacob and i are all too familiar about needing some technical advice sometimes so i i, I know exactly what you're talking about well one of we the tried to, one of the programs we, we found is uh software um didn't figure it out well, one of the easiest ones that uh, Jeremy had to teach me is, is normal when it comes to technology, but iMovie, we got to using it last year to do some small, short clips and things, and we were able to go back. You can add music. You can cut and edit, and it doesn't take but a few minutes. I know I've done several videos here this past year for my kids to be able to hunt, and you, you it's a free app you can download on your phone, and if you can... It, depending on which 4G camera you've got, you can actually uh, Wi-Fi the movie or your video straight from the camera to your phone, and then you can edit it on that iMovie app, and it makes it real easy, especially if you're looking at doing, you know, short clips, a couple minutes. I'll definitely keep that in mind because we're gonna we've got some small clips, some some short hunts, and we actually started doing all our videos, of course, off our cell phones and stuff like that. But it was really a a struggle, so I actually got, I think B, um, Ledbetter, actually got the cameras, and he camouflaged them all up, camouflaged the stands up, he's 
he's good at that. So uh, we should be able to get some good footage coming up. Yeah, actually, whenever I went up to Kentucky, I took uh, actually I took Jacobs Jacobs video camera with me, and I was able to get pretty much you know I, I did some filming, you know not just of the hunting, you know a little bit of the the camp, you know experience that we had there. Heck, I think I videoed you know my son talking to one of the other hunters up there and just you know try to capture that moment and um, I got everything brought over and and I'm gonna I'm gonna work on editing that I hadn't near about got as far as long as I wanted to but um you know just some just some moments like that that you know put a video together and you know 10 years from now you know when he's when he's up in age you know we, we can go back and look at that and you know kind of relive that experience and I'm sure you know once y'all get everything going that that those kids that that able to come to y'all and have that experience will we'll be able to do the same thing well I'm trying to think of who yeah that's right that's our goal. Our goal is to be able to let them, let them relive that memory, and it would be. I still recall back on, um, you know, Major League Baseball and stuff like that. I have some old World Series tapes and stuff like that. It's always fun every few years to go back and watch that and and relive that. So that's that's our goal there is to have let them have the opportunity to, to relive those moments. Well, and you never realize. I never realized till I started filming other people how much stuff I missed being in the moment that the camera catches that you may have completely missed out. Uh, I've told this before, but my daughter killed her first turkey last year, and I had the video camera rolling while she was out there picking her bird up, and we talked about it for a few minutes. And then as I'm walking back, I'm looking at the camera. I'm trying to figure out the layout, what would be the best for us to get close to the camera and kind of do a little a little segment real quick and let her tell about her first hunt. and as I'm walking back, I was completely oblivious to her in the background back there dancing and singing turkey nuggets, turkey nuggets. I'm like, how did I miss that? But until I watched the video and played it back, I'm like, well, that may be one of the best the best parts of the whole show right there. <laughs> well, Michael, as, as you know, things are progressing, I, I would I would say rather quickly um, with, with the organization Looking into the future, I know 19 and, and 20, you know, hunting season is, is all up on top of us right now. But looking into the future, what are what is kind of y'all's y'all's goal or or vision? I guess you could say looking forward down the road, maybe three, maybe five years of of kind of what's y'all's development, you know, vision? I guess with with the organization. So I think one of the things um, we actually got that was probably something that we were looking to the future for was actually having a farm dedicated just to HFMC. So you, know, you have landowners, you have deer camps, and, and everybody's willing to uh, take a kid and get a kid out. But sometimes, um, specifically kids that have illnesses and stuff like that, sometimes it's, the weekends just don't pan out. Um, so this year we actually had the opportunity um for a farmer, I basically just donated um, a 710-acre farm to us and said, hey, you know, this is the HFMC farm for these kids that, you know, that scheduled weekend event doesn't work out. You can take these kids out there and y'all can hunt. Um, it has a very good population of deer, turkeys, rabbits. Um, so that was something that we we're looking to do 2021 um, that we were actually able to accomplish uh, this year. So that was one of those outreach goals that we kind of knocked out and Due to our support um, and and our donations, we actually were able to purchase some really nice um, Dixie deer blinds and 
um, feeders to actually put on that farm. So everything was basically established there, and we'll, we'll have a lot of successful successful hunts there. Um, I guess our biggest goal, um, and I can say this based on our last director's meeting, is to basically get more people involved um, in regards to actually being dedicated to work with some of these kids. So we can say there's you know 10 or 12 people that are uh, really passionate and really driven um, to go pick up and, and go hunting with all these kids, but um, those 10 or 12 guys, reflecting back on not having a farm available, sometimes these 10 or 12 guys aren't available either um, due to they all have kids from diapers to, to high school. So if we can get more people involved um, around the state to be able to assist us and become a director um, to assist these kids and getting these kids to the woods, um, and, of course, we will stay involved um, with our current contacts and landowners and stuff like that to put these kids in place. But there's there's a lot of kids that are east of us, and I, I cover almost my profession. Um, my profession, I cover a lot of uh, market to the east. And there's a lot of kids in the marine market and other markets that aren't getting touched and aren't having the opportunity because the outreach is not there yet. So um, huge outreach, getting more people involved, um, touching every kid we can. Yeah, I mean, that's something... You know, we, Jacob and I locally, we, we our Delta Waterfowl chapter that, that we started, heck, I think that was, what, five five years Six ago, years six ago. years ago. Um, you know, we try, you know, just us local, we're not, you know, obviously not statewide with, with our chapter, but, you know, we host a, a kids event every year, and we're up to, you know, like 200 kids with that. And, you know, that's, that's that was pretty much our mission from the start of that chapter was just to introduce kids to the outdoors, what opportunities are out there, because not, not, not a lot of kids these days know what the outdoors, you know, what, what the outdoor life is like. They don't know what it's about. They don't know what opportunities are out there. And, you know, I think I agree with you there that, that the outreach is probably the, the biggest the biggest hurdle. But, um, you know, you. It, you know, and, and it takes time. So, you know, I think that's a that's a great, you know, long-term vision that you have. Well, especially now that you've added a property that you have access to any time. So if you have somebody that, you know, can't make it to this spot, well, or is not successful at one spot, well, come on, we're going to take you to the camp. And you can build that atmosphere there that you probably just can't build anywhere else. That's a pretty neat add-on to, to be able to add that to it. Yes, I hope it opens opens up a few opportunities, a few missed opportunities in the past. Um, I hope it'll it'll we'll be able to fulfill those um, moving forward. And it's funny that you mentioned success rate because um, you know being so passionate and driven about what we do, um, we have a hunter um, going this weekend um, crossbow hunting with us, and he was not successful last weekend. So I, I actually told him I was going to take him back. Uh, this weekend, um, and we will get him a, a deer one way or another. I told him we'll make it happen um, because we're um, 100% um, at this point. So every kid that's actually came to us and said, hey, you know, my goal is to actually harvest a whitetail, um, every kid that has been hunting with us has harvested their, their deer before um, the season was out. So that's a, a, a huge goal for us as well. Yeah. well Mike, I know we're, we're getting kind of toward the end of, of the show here. Tell us again how um, not only, you know, a, a hunter, you know, a young hunter, the family get in touch with you guys, but also how if someone out there is interested in volunteering or, you know, 
uh, has a farm that, that they would like you guys to come visit, um, how would they get in touch with y'all? You know, just kind of recapping that in case anyone missed it. Yeah, so one of the first lines of communication is basically Hunters for Mississippi Children, um, HFMC on Facebook. I mean, that's a big line of communication for us. But I'm um, in the healthcare field, so everybody has my phone number. So my phone number is 601-927-9355. So if anybody wants to reach out and uh, have a personal conversation about what we do and, and where we're going and how, how somebody could help or get involved, um, I'm definitely open to, to have that conversation with anyone. Good deal. Yeah, no, we, we've got um, – that's, that's an awesome opportunity to be able to take children and do that and, and build those memories with them and to be able to, to experience that, not only for the child to experience, but for y'all to experience it over uh, a different time frame. You know, when you were saying a minute ago your, your success rate's 100%, you know, if you don't get it at first, well, you know, I'm – if I'm a kid, I might be more willing not to shoot one the first time or two just so I got to go more. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that 100% that percent is all white tails and fish, too. These Mississippi turkeys are something else. So you don't have to hang with us if you want a turkey. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, They're rough. Sometimes the miles put on the, the boots on turkeys are, are a little more than uh, – than some folks want to fool with, but it's it's definitely worth the reward. Look, if I can go out and hear one gobble in the morning, I've had a successful outing. Yes, sir, absolutely. I, I love to hear that old thunder chicken crank up when they when they go to doing their thing in the morning. It, it'll get your blood running. It's, that's right, and it's, I mean that's a special moment too, specifically for kids that have have never heard that noise come out of a an animal. It's pretty special, special deal. Well, a lot of them, just to watch a hoot owl, you know, you hoot, and all of a sudden, the old hoot owl will crank back at you, and, you know, they're looking at you like, hey, he answered you. Like, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the that's kind of the program. So, yeah, stick with me for a minute. Let's see what else we can get to talk this morning. And to me, one of my favorite times in the in the woods is in the morning listening to the world wake up. You know, you, you've got the owl starting, the crickets get started, Tweety Birds get started, old crow will call. And then those thunder chicken crank out there, and you know it's going to be a good day. But a lot of kids don't get to experience that. You know, we've got a lot of kids that are are in the city, and you have a lot of kids in the country that just don't have access, or or like you say, a parent that really wants to, or has ever experienced. Maybe the parent grew up not hunting, and they just don't know anything about it, and don't want to to go. So y'all are offering an opportunity for everybody to learn, and that's that's awesome. Well, some of the. Uh... Some of the most uh, memorable hunts I think that I've, I've had, and they, they've all been outstanding in regards to memories. But um, just just something for for um, you know fathers and mothers that are that may be listening in is um, we've actually had the opportunity to take some kids that maybe you know they maybe have a little trouble in their life and they don't need a hobby, um, change up something, um, be able to, to to have a new hobby. And I think some of those kids that have had the opportunity. They've never held a gun, so I mean that's one of the big things that we focus on too is is gun safety, um, and that's where we really work with the department. Um, so we actually supply our children with their their first arms. Um, we give them a backpack full of calls and and items, binoculars, you know, items needed to have a successful hunt. But we also really hone in on uh, gun safety and how to handle a gun, and, and we get A to Z with that. So. It gives some of these kids the uh, the opportunity to learn something new that they can take back and have a new hobby 
and, and maybe stay out of trouble if that's the case. Absolutely. Well, you know, we were always told growing up that if you learned how to deer hunt, turkey hunt, or duck hunt, you never would have money to get in any other trouble. So, <laughs> you know, you were going to spend it all on gear. You couldn't, you couldn't get into much else, especially if you were avid at it. Uh, I, I hate to even look in my shop very often and actually go to adding up numbers because it, it will hurt your feelings. But, uh, yeah, there's... Yeah, and for folks listening, you know, if you don't hunt, if you do hunt, you know, I'm pretty sure all all the guys on here can agree that, you know, there's nothing like it. I mean, the 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 memories, the moments that you get to take out of it, the learning lessons. All of us are hunters, and I guarantee you, an old deer will teach you something new. A turkey will definitely teach you a new trick every every chance it gets. So, you know, it's always an ongoing learning experience, and that's what makes it, you know, if it was the same old, same old, everybody would do it, and you'd probably get bored and decide to go do something else. But there's always a new adventure, a new story to come out of it. All right. That's true. That's true. All right, guys. Well, this is going to conclude our episode here. And we thank you for joining us this evening, man. I hope you all have a successful year. And I'm sure I will uh, I'm sure I'll catch up with some stories from – from my buddy B and he'll keep me informed of what y'all have going on. But we thank you for joining us and we thank all of you for listening to this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Jacob and Jeremy, thank y'all. God bless. God bless. Thank y'all. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel alright, I got the windows down, I got the radio on.